Tushada, you spoke about like, you know, the influence uh, China has on the prices in the industry or can have, you know, in terms of big based on its capacity and so on. So I wanted to expand that, uh, you know, uh, topic. So what are the major factors that influence price in, in this industry? See, one major factor, global trade of steel is uh, open. There is no mm -hmm. restriction. Uh, subject to certain anti-dumping and safeguard duties in certain countries. Otherwise, it's open. Right. So basically, supply and demand. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, second thing is the if the prices go up or go down because of supply and demand, or mm -hmm. if there is a constraint in supply of raw material to steel industries, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. a disruption in supply chain in the sense shipping arrangements. For example, now, a lot of disruption container shortage, you know, yes. worldwide. So yeah. that is disrupting the world trade and still is par partially affected because the raw material import of scrap mm -hmm. into mm -hmm. various countries, they use containers. Right. So since uh, scrap is not available, secondary steel users are not having their raw material. Only blast furnace producers having uh, mines uh, as their captive mines. They are only producing. So there is a disruption in supply chain and thereby uh, disruption in uh, supply of steel. So prices have gone up to the highest level in last two years during septem uh, September onwards. So, so volatility in steel prices is caused, you know, along the supply chain from, from ores, you know, onwards, whenever there is a possibility of, uh, you know, any of the disruption shortage. in supply chain, it can be yeah. logistics problem, it can be raw material shortages yeah. and so on, or, or spike in demand, like China yeah. comes out and buys a lot of uh, ores yeah. or, yeah. and so on and so forth. Or semi-products so the, they bought recently. So semi-products, yeah. or on the other hand, days, you know, China or for that matter, any country pumps in more goods into the market, yes. right? Yes. right? Right, And how would you manage those risks? Uh, given that there is, uh, to the best of my understanding, there's no commodity exchange not, where you can hedge uh, and really. things like there that. There is a spike in demand, uh, supply demand imbalance. You cannot do that. Uh, to a large extent, depends on what is the stock available in the in the system. Right. If the stocks right. are very high, then for two, three months, six months, they can manage that, uh, not uh, importing at higher prices. Or if the stocks have gone very low, uh, but then uh, they, they are forced to import, they have to pay higher prices. Or if the China, is, uh, China or any other country dumping at a very low price, then you have to adjust your prices even though your cost of production is high. So you cannot right. do that because it's a free trade environment. Right. Right. But hasn't people looked at like, okay, you know, this uh, has a, enough elements of commodity market and there could be certain things where we could, uh, you know, if, if, if you could have a uh, aluminum could be traded on the exchange, metal exchange. Uh, are we not, why are we not doing, no, London, bringing that London, to London, London metal exchange has trading of semi billets. Hmm, but and, uh, beyond that, no, I, but I it's, understand that. it's not uh, have much influence in the world trade. It doesn't have. That's that. That's where I was going. It, to, it, going doesn't, to, have, it doesn't have. It doesn't have so much on that. See, like okay. in US, because of this 232 restriction on imports and the 25% duty, hmm. uh, there is a tremendous shortage of uh, raw material for the automobile production. If you have read this recently, that hmm. the production has come down because they don't have steel. Exactly. Yeah. So that affects. Right. So, so those would be the kind of factors also, which call, uh, are there other factors that are causing uncertainty in your business? 
other factor <laughs> other factor maybe uh, natural disaster sometimes affects the supply chain mm-hmm. uh, like mm-hmm. like closure of mines in australia flooding or brazil i don't know those who produce producers dependent on iron ore and coal imports so right, they will right. have they will have problems Right. or like covid pandemic but which is a rare occasion yeah. and at least time. for now you feel that uh, there is no major threat of substitution you know there are small elements no. that you spoke about there's not a major uncertainty for no. steel business right there is no, no overhang 20 years you see every year world steel production is going up by 3 to 5% so so every okay. year. So, so not in this time not in the near 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 horizon. future Right, right. So, so what are the environmental issues? You know, you you touched upon a little bit, and then if 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 steel production is going up and demand is going up, and many countries are you know, uh, uh, economically coming up, which will definitely you know, if their per capita GDP is going up, usually you'll find that the more construction happening, more consumption of two wheelers, four wheelers, uh, white yes. goods. So everything yes. means you know, positive yes. for steel. So which brings us to the topic that you alluded to earlier. What are the environmental issues that the steel industry is facing? How are they dealing with them? Uh, how is you know Europe dealing with it? How is China dealing with it? How is India dealing with it? And other parts of the world. no as per the un sustainability goal the mm. pollution level of manufacturing any beat any industry including steel they mm. have to achieve certain standards and every mm. country is uh, working towards that okay so as i mentioned earlier by 2050 zero carbon footprint from steel production mm-hmm. they are developing technologies which will allow them to produce that Mm. second is that uh, use scrap as a recycling material which is environmentally friendly and mm-hmm. create a circular economy right and, uh, circular economy uh, that's that's yes. and, okay so Sorry. that is that is the, what everybody is working towards that and uh, hope they will achieve it depends on uh, how seriously each country is doing right, right now europe is in the forefront USA is expected to follow now. Now that the administration has changed and they are giving importance to environment, so India you mentioned that also... Europe and US are like what around the sixty percent mark in terms of recycling steel. Yes, uh, they they are using sixty percent uh, uh, scrap uh, in their steel making, which is recyclable. Hmm. What about other countries like China? Where are we? China so has been at ten percent. India okay. is around thirty percent. Oh, we we say recycle thirty percent. Thirty percent in our okay. Making. Yeah. Okay. But the technology used for uh, recycling, both in China and Asia, has been of very primitive uh, technology. They they are now changing. They are investing in new production lines mm-hmm. uh, for making EF um, modern technology, uh, less mm-hmm. polluting. Mm-hmm. less uh, energy consumption so mm-hmm. the that process is on okay 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 so that leads us to the question like you know your outlook over the next 5 years or longer uh, do you foresee you know with with china kind of expanding capacity india dub, targeting a double capacity and so on will there be a oversupply what do you foresee in the steel business for the world and no, other no. aspects about the steel business over the next 5 years as long as uh, the consumption growth is in the range of 4% 3.5% 4% and 5% globally mm-hmm. in a normal like a year where there mm-hmm. is no pandemic or no other major disruption mm-hmm. steel capacity use uh, steel uses will continue to grow and capacity 
will continue to be getting added, but the capacity addition will will mostly be outside Europe and USA, mm -hmm. uh, mostly in third world countries like mm -hmm. uh, Asia, mm -hmm. and uh, Southeast Asia will be in the forefront of capacity addition. India will also be adding capacity. China capacity addition may not be that much. It is slowing down right now because they have enough capacity. See, they have a capacity of over, over 1,400,000,000 billion ton. Their right. capacity utilization is in the range of 75 to 80%. So they oh. produce uh, one, one, uh, uh, 1,050 million tons last mm -hmm. year, roughly. Mm -hmm. So a steel industry uh, should uh, produce at least at 80% capacity, capacity, capacity utilization to remain competitive viable. and viable. So if you take that, then uh, there is enough capacity in China right now. And so uh, is that also. moving? Is that moving out because there is, you know, excess capacity in China? And then you talked about Southeast yeah. Asia being a place where, uh, yes, you know, uh, there yes. is need for more capacity. So is that moving out of China into... Yes, there are a lot of producers, especially the private sector producer in China are moving out to Southeast Asia, mm -hmm. setting up new units. They have announced a lot of new units in Vietnam and uh, Malaysia right now and Indonesia. Okay. Right. And, and uh, are they closing their Chinese factories and then opening it here? Not, yet, is not, yet. not yet. No, it's, okay. these are new capacities here. Okay. Okay. And you foresee that this will be a positive One, trend? One uh, in... thing happened two years back when China announced a policy to, to close all induction furnaces. Okay. Which Tell is a more. primitive method of producing low quality steel, but in right. volumes. Mm. They, 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 they have closed down all their induction furnaces and replaced it with EAF furnaces, mm. uh, electric car furnace, Art which furnace. is more efficient. Mm. Those units shifted to Southeast Asia, almost 50% of those induction furnaces, which is bad. Yeah, they, so the, bad. You, what you're saying is they brought the old technology, the old into, technology Southeast into Southeast Asia. But the That's government, bad. I'm surprised how the government in Southeast Asia allowed those things to happen. Oh, but that, okay. was, that, was, that is what happened. So, which countries were these? Malaysia, Thailand, Thailand and, and Malaysia. They allowed the old technology to come in. Okay. 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 Cool. So, so what was, you know, um, we got a good overview. So, what is one thing that you believed was true when, when you joined this steel business many, many years ago? Or, you know, you could probably look at it when you went into marketing and so on of steel. That you believe something was true about the steel business. But over the years, you have learned that it is not so. So, is there something that jumps out for you? I mean, you spent <laughs> so much time. That's a very interesting question. When I was looking for a job, whatever, whatever <laughs> came my way, I took it. I did not know anything about steel industry. No, no, I no. Took... After that, that is why I, I anticipated this escape route. I, I already closed that route. I said, after you went into the marketing department and you, you, you know, in your early days, you saw something about steel marketing, but then you have seen many decades of, and you have been at the top of the game, you know, in India, in the world and so on. So what, have, what belief have you seen change from that time? No, no, it has changed a lot. Earlier, as yeah. I said, it was a controlled industry controlled by government. I joined in 79. Till 1991, it was controlled. Not was there something prior. that you believed then no, that the no. industry will be like this and then, you know, it is like, wow, what has happened now? 
Yeah, I, I would not have foreseen such growth in steel, steel production and private sector taking right. a principal role. I would not have foreseen that during that time. Right. But it has it has it has changed, sea change, you can say. Yes. Right, right, right. And uh, what else do you see for the future of the uh, anything that you have the, we have not talked about that we should know? You know that, that no steel is is a um, growing industry in India. It has a very bright future. Those mm -hmm. who are associated with steel trade have made good money. They are rich okay. people. There are no <laughs> poor people associated with steel business in India. Okay. Let me tell you because it, 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 it is quite profitable over a long period of time. So they, I, I see a very bright future for steel industry in India for next 10, 20 years at least. Wonderful. Maybe a, a time will come like what is happening in Europe or, or USA where steel is not looked at, uh, steel industry is not favorable, right. is a favorite of the governments, but that's not the case in India right now. Because right. India's uh, per capita consumption of steel is still uh, one of the lowest in the world, about 70 kg per capita. World average is around 215 or 20. Okay. And China's so, per capita is 550. And Korea's per capita consumption of steel is 1470. So there is a long way to go. Long way for... And uh, of course, you have to modernize, produce more special steels for special applications and create new applications, like I said, uh, intensive, steel intensive structures in building and infrastructure and more advanced steel for automobile sector, space, and defense sector. You know, now defense sector production is taking root for up. which the entire production is, uh, the entire requirement of steel is alloy steel. No mild steel is used in defense production. Right. So the steel, it is incumbent on our steel companies to produce those kind of items. Otherwise you will still continue to import, which is not, not desirable. So there is a scope for, uh, you know, yes. um, higher you know, grade steel and, and innovation and, uh, yeah. And more yeah. and more uh, students with uh, skill um, from engineering and uh, mass, um, MBA colleges should join because it, it provides them a good uh, uh, future growth potential because this industry is going to grow. That's an interesting thought, right? People, you, what you're saying is that, hey, you know, look at it as a modern industry. Don't look at it as a smokestack industry. Yes, yes. It's a modern, it is modernizing all the time. New technologies are coming, new applications are coming, new opportunities in Atmanivar Bharat, Make in India, mm -hmm. uh, has, has opened up in India. So steel is going to grow and it pays well. Those who are at the top or middle level, it play. In fact, let me tell you, the sale pay scale uh, last five years, is been highest in steel industry at the lowest level. If you join okay. at the entrance level, you get more pay than if you join a private sector. Mm -hmm. But as you grow, maybe it, it gets equalized and private sector top people get much more, 10 times more. But at the entrance level, it pays more. Okay. So, so they made nothing, it competitive. Yeah, they have, they have made it very attractive. But Wonderful. somehow uh, uh, it has not been a favorite of the top rated uh, management schools and engineering colleges in India, like IITs and IIMs. 
but it 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 has a grow, good growth potential okay so they should make you the uh, you know brand ambassador for recruitment for steel industry or sale and so on and so forth <laughs> thanks dushada you you can you can do that job excellent uh, you know uh, you have a inspirational career for for youngsters to look up to and uh, uh you know and uh, convince them that like this is the so, industry to, uh, yeah, to do yeah. that i and, was uh, in double mind when i did my course in ift whether to stick to sale <laughs> or go out you remember i was also yes i know we, we used to talk about that yeah but ultimately i decided to stick around <laughs> yeah wonderful wonderful so and it's been a like what we just learned it it's has been, been a rewarding career yeah, fulfilling and rewarding career. i was at the top of my marketing uh, setup and it's a huge company the Wonderful. biggest steel maker in india by far so far in last 35 years thing and Wonderful. it gave me a lot of exposures i uh, foreign exposures and dealing with foreign clients going abroad meeting people it has given me lot of a uh, lot of opportunities wonderful so we will uh, you know with that uh, positive note i think we could bring this uh, discussion to an end uh, you know uh, we could continue maybe i think uh, but better would be to bring you back on another theme another time uh, wonderful talking to you we learned a lot both about the steel uh, as a product as an application as a modern industry and uh, why we should uh, you know pay attention to it especially with uh, india east asia southeast asia and these has markets growing a lot of scope it's wonderful thank you very much for enlightening us all to sharda i'm grateful to you thank you ankur giving me this opportunity to speak and i hope it has been useful absolutely i look forward thank you thank you thank you so much thanks thank you for joining us in yet another episode of move conversations hope you enjoyed this episode please subscribe to the move conversations youtube channel and press the bell icon to get notifications of new episodes thank you very much till i see you in the next episode thank you very much have a great day